Hey everyone, just a quick note to say that we actually recorded this episode about three weeks ago, um, but we've all been really busy and haven't had a chance to get it edited until now. Um, sorry, we kind of dropped the ball on that one. Um, hopefully you still enjoy it, and another re- references are too dated now. I mean, three weeks isn't that long ago. Um, but yeah, uh, on with the episode. Hope you enjoy. Then I said, recording, recording locally. And then you... Yes, and so now I am. Let's just go with it. <laughs> You're such a duck. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm such a dick. <laughs> and I agree. Oh. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the lobbing lob lolly boy. Gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Al, how are you? Al, I've not written me notes or anything. Um, <laughs> so... Oh yeah, no. We've been um, getting together the uh, the wares for the Scout Christmas Market, which is uh, next Monday. So we've been building various uh, bits and bobs, uh, including but not limited to um, nail varnish, tie dye. What's it called? Where you drop stuff on water and it makes like swirly, inky patterns, and then you oh, can like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, dipping Hi- like marble, yeah. like marbling. Marbly, marbly dipping, um, but you do it with nail varnish, nail Thank polish, you. and it sticks to glass, so you can like roll glass jars and strips. We're making a lot of candles. Um, oh. We would, what else were we doing? Oh, bird boxes, hand painted, little handmade bird boxes, very nice. nice. Um, all sorts of Christmassy wares, um, and then on that theme as well, I'm currently making a giant advent calendar for work, which is a Christmas tree. And you open the doors on the Christmas tree, and each door is like a different prize behind, which is fun. That's a <laughs> Steve's not impressed. Um, Brett's not impressed. Well, bollocks to you then. What no, have you been up to? No, no, no. I, no, no. I was no, wondering no, what let me the prizes behind the thing are. You just well, there's 25, 24, because it's an advent calendar. They're ranging shitness. Some of them are good. And lower yeah, down but... on the tree, you've got more space behind the door, aren't you? So that are could we... be a bottle of wine. Top of the tree, tiny little door. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's better the smaller they get. Who knows, Steve? Mm. I mean, that—that's all I was asking. Is if it was like, if it was just different types of chocolate, or if it was like, no, an experience it's like, day, it's like a kettle or an experience day, or what? Don't don't act like a kettle is not a good thing, Steve. Captain tea bags. <laughs> I mean, I ju- I'm just trying to figure out, like, because in my head, as soon as you said kettle, I was thinking of like the like the three quid, like no frills Tesco basic. Again, still a kettle. I mean, yeah, it is. But you know, what's his name? Uh, Tory MP saying that you need like super efficient kettles, and you can cut your costs in half or something with a false, false economy. Yeah. Um, talking of false economy, I also stripped off the wheels on the proton to take them to the sandblasters. I forgot get, you bought a proton to get powder coated. Um, Fuck. The literally. The only thing that isn't immaculate on the car is the wheels. Somebody's hand painted them with like silver paint with a brush, oh, and they're mm. fucking awful. That's um, something jumpy would do. And the hubcaps, I did take off and polish up with some brasso. Nice. It's not too bad. Apart from one of them is fucked. Um. So I'm looking at how I can replace mm. or mold some acrylic badges to go on the hubcaps. Nice. You acrylic can get like badges. don't. Well, they're like. It's like acrylic, like just solid acrylic with obviously vinyl on the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just go in the center of the hubcaps. Um, you can get like domed stickers printed digitally, yeah. vinyl stickers. I've got some of them for the interim. 
but I want to work out if I can maybe just make a little simple mold and then put a sticker yeah. in it and put some acrylic in. Well, no, surely you just get a epoxy. sheet of acrylic, um, cut a disc out of it, and then just like sand it to shape and buff the fuck out of it. Yeah, but then it's gluing the thing on the back and it not looking shit and covered in glue reversed on the back of the acrylic. Mm, you, know what it is, mean. you know what it is I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. I was hoping for a much longer story about how you were going to create a trap and then trap a badger, and then you were going to make a mold of the badger. Yeah. But you were saying badges. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Sorry. Oh buttons. You can't, uh, you can't buttons. Yeah. Fuck it up. I had a good uh, time with that one. <laughs> the thing is, is, it took me so long to get what the fuck. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about badges for? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll just be over here smiling. Speaking of not making any sense, Brett, what have you been up to this week? Uh, not a whole lot of sense. So, so, yeah, it's been two weeks uh, since we me. last recorded. So, since, yeah, I was in uh, Kansas City the last time we recorded, and I've since made my way back to the homestead. In that time, I did get to put the video out uh, with Donovan for the cabinet that he made. I hope everybody watched that because he did a bang-up job. And... Yeah, I was really happy with just being able to get that done. It obviously just got pushed back and pushed back because of life things getting in the way for Donovan. Um, but it was nice. It was like a really big achievement yeah. for him. And and then he had been holding off playing God of War until he finished the project. So he was obviously just like, I get to play video games now. <laughs> so that was really nice. Um, good reception. It seems most people just like the braiding of the steel, which I had never done before. And if anybody did watch it, I can't tell you how many times I had to like unbend the steel because there were four strands and I don't braid things often enough. So I was like, how yeah. wait, it's a over B then CD comes back. over. I don't know, whatever. It was a really fun process. And I would like to, I don't know, just figure out somewhere to use that again in the future. Uh, it was really neat to see that uh, come to fruition. Anyway, since then, yeah, I, I reversed my trip back. And I do have this big bar renovation thing that I'm putting a team of talented individuals together, nice. or at least I'm trying to right now, so that we can all kind of convene in Dallas, smash up the bar, make it look nice, and then hopefully he just benefits from the facelift. And it's exciting because it's it's kind of a big project, and I'm acting a little bit like a general contractor, just kind of putting the team together and game plans and designs and put a little pitch together that we have to have a bit of a chat about. And I haven't done one of those in a long time in terms of multiple aspects and what things are going to look like and mood boards and all kinds of blah, blah, blah. But there's a real skill in being able to deliver information to a person that may or may not be uh, in the same line of thinking as you. Yeah. Paying attention. (laughs) There you go. But other than that, just I'm back and I, I've been kind of reorganizing and cleaning. And now I've got to get back in the forge <laughs> to do sculptural work. Nice. Yeah. Um, what sculptural work are you doing? The Oh, for the, the stands. For the bone and the, uh, yeah. the mammoth tusk. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what you do with that. I'd love to be able to say how good the video is, but I haven't watched it because yeah, right. I'm a terrible person and bad friend um but no arguments here 
<laughs> Fuck you, man. Uh, but what have I been up to, if you don't ask? Uh, I don't know. What have I been up to? Uh, so I've, I've um, uh, just been doing a lot of like work stuff. Um, so the new job, um, we're just busy. I've been enjoying doing that. Um, spending a little bit of time catching up with some people. Uh, hung out with... Can you remember Ben, my old housemate? Hmm. Um, hung out with him. He is looking at joining a monastery um a buddhist monastery based down in devon um we had a really good chat about that um and yeah catching up with a few other friends and things like did uh, he make mead Ooh, i don't think no because it's not i'm out yeah the wrong kind of monastery monk isn't it uh not those monasteries filled with monks (laughs) (laughs) that's the worst kind of they're the wrong kind of monks they're they're orange monks not brown monks um shaolin yeah ah. uh i've got hair on my face um yeah and catching up with a few other people like actually making the most of like being able to um organize my own time uh which unfortunately means that i've not been producing as much stuff as i should have been producing which means that the bunny side of things is not so great uh but jimmy's moving in soon so that's fine um but yeah uh i have actually been doing a few little bits uh down in the workshop i have um had a, a couple of small like commission bits um but also been working on the jigs for making the the little keyring bottle opener that i've got um basically making a jig to make that a little bit easier to, to produce um and to produce consistently as well um i think i have it sorted out now there's one little tweak i need to do and then i can start making batches of them um and the other day whilst i was doing that i also made some like for ages i've been wanting to make little mini axe pendants um because i've seen a few people making them and how to play with them and then i mean they're very rough and ready but they take like three heats and they're really fun to make so i'm going to see if i can uh do a little bit more work with them and get them looking how i want to look them how i want them to look um and maybe make a, a run of them as well um but uh yeah that was just kind of a bit of fun i've also been doing the swear tags um like relaunched that because i had a bunch of people asking about them um so that's been quite nice and had a bit of money come in that way uh then went up to london to see um ali as in cats creates um got to hang out with them and a bunch of other people um this weekend just gone uh which was super fucking cool uh very wonderful inspirational bunch of people um and then came back to work and we so because i'm doing like some handyman stuff as well for the bakery um one of the things that we had to do is run an ethernet cable through some copper pipe to basically just put it up out of the way so it's not just taped to the floor um and had it a bit more decorative and uh they don't make 28 mil end caps for it. Like, well, you can get an end cap, but like a top hat guide, um, they make 25 or 32 and neither of them work for the copper pipe that we were using. So I stupidly said, was like, Oh yeah, I just, I make one at home. Cause I've, I've started using that little mini lathe that Jim gave me. I was like, I oh, yeah, it, it's a perfect, uh, excuse to practice with that. Mm-hmm. Um, then the boss was like, 
oh no that's great you know if you're I mean, we could have a hand forged thing so then it was like oh i suppose yeah i should probably <laughs> forge something for it so rather than using the lathe at all i ended up uh just forging little a uh, little decorative like end cap for it um which was quite nice and then from that had uh someone that was in the shop whilst i was installing it asked if i could make them a curtain rail um and if it were the bits and then yes whenever it was that i i, I can't remember i messaged brett about it so it was yesterday day before something like that um i went to see my tattoo artist who has commissioned me to make a um a harpoon for the tattoo. new oh. yes <laughs> really big tattoos uh but no, for, <laughs> i suppose yeah uh no full-size harpoon uh, to go on the desk, the reception desk, uh, when they move into the new studio, because it's going to have like quite a nautical theme. Uh, also, said about stepping into uh, Brett's territory there, Steve. Just, I know, right? Just watch, watch what you fucking doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I messaged him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so doing that, and that was like it was quite a nice kind of chat that we had because you said about potentially putting some like stock items, like bottle openers and things like that, in the studio um but the actual meeting i say meeting the discussion for that was literally him saying can you make me a harpoon sure and then screenshotted a couple of pictures from um uh google image search he was like yeah something like that's perfect and then went in and spoke to him and there was literally no no need to go in and have this conversation because he just kind of went i'm happy for you to just make whatever however you think as long as it looks cool like he's happy he's quite quite down for uh like mm-hmm. for me the creative to to take the lead on it he was like i've given you the idea you just run with it yeah um, which is funny because if you tell that to a tattoo artist when you're getting a tattoo they fucking hate it yeah <laughs> exactly um so yeah like it it was quite possibly the easiest pitch meeting i've ever had to uh to do which Leads beautifully into today, today's topic, uh, which is um, pitch. What? What? What is that? What's that? It's what the kids do, Steve. Okay. Uh, yeah, pitch meetings. So, Brett, do you want to just pitch this uh, topic to everyone? Pitch this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's three idiots, um, <laughs> middle-aged white men. Yeah, <laughs> I might. Do middle-aged. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, right. I'll let you off. Anyway, no intent of living longer than (laughs) eight years old. There you go. Uh, Right. So this is just a discussion that I've had a few times recently with um, various friends of mine, and since I'm going through the same process right now for this bar renovation that we're hoping to do around next spring, I told him that gives us enough lead time to really plan and execute any logistics or deliverables or maybe if we can get some things prepped uh, as far as him and his staff uh, maybe organizing or doing some cleanup and sending photos back and forth it'll just help the project go smoothly but it all kicks off with me doing a pitch or what at least we used to call them like pitch deck right or or what do you call it when it's a branding package al identity something or other Anyways, Anyways, but yeah, yeah, but I've realized that, like it's been a long time since I've had to put one of those together, and especially like, I've usually been part of a team, right? So there's a team discussion about it, 
and then we're able to put together kind of Pinterest mood boards or like Steve was saying, you Google image search a bunch of stuff and you kind of put it all together and then you parse through it, figure out what the silver thread is running through everything, get your aesthetic, put a little uh, multi-page deck together of what's the plan? What are we currently working with? Where's it going? And uh, I think it took me quite a bit longer this time around just because it's been a while, but I realized there's a, a real skill in being able to put together a pitch for a bigger project. So for those of us in the maker community that maybe we work on smaller scale or more one-off pieces, but what happens when somebody actually does commission, like Steve, let's use you as an example. Somebody sees you doing the little end cap, then asks for a curtain rod, you do that. Then they come back and go, I want all the hardware in my living room to be done. But I also want a handful of these other things. And basically you become the interior designer for this living room space. And you have to make everything, but they want it all to feel aesthetically connected and set the vibe and the tone and everything like that. And you can't just go, yeah, so I'll make that curtain rod and then everything will look like that. Most people can't think that far outside the box without some type of visual accompaniment. And what does it take for you to put something like that together? Al, I know you have experience just because of your job. You constantly have to do this for clients to be able to pitch them branding and design aesthetic and boxes and packaging and all that kind of stuff so what do you think this question for both of you guys what do you think you should be like the top priorities or the main points that you should try and hit when you're trying to put together a deck for a bigger project like that i'll i'll just jump in first because mine will be super short go on i've never done it i have no idea like this is this is uh kind of out of my uh experience zone remit comfort zone whatever you want to experience zone and uh yeah so like i'm 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 gonna play the idiot this episode uh as opposed to normally where i play the intelligent one uh (laughs) but uh, i'm gonna play the idiot this episode and just ask a lot of dumb questions because i don't know like this is this is not something that i ever really have to do um or have ever really had to do before now um I'm doing it a little bit with a couple of um, things that I've got going on at the moment where there's a little bit of design work, but the vast majority of it is fairly standard stuff. I mean, especially mm-hmm. with like what I do in terms of like the tool making and stuff like that. I'm not being a creative. I'm not being a designer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just being a maker of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is probably a better one to chuck back at, at you two. Um, Sorry. Well, Steve, you can play the you can play the learner in this the the student, yes. and Al can direct us on how he does things versus how I do things. Go on, Al. I mean, for the record, I fucking hate pitching and pitches. Yeah. I think the <laughs> atrocious uh, abuse of c- civil rights. And <laughs> <laughs> if it was any other industry, you know, there would be unions, and they just would not be allowed. Um, but we pitch in the design industry and the branding industry on a scale from pitching the team that might be working on it. As in like, here's Brett, Stephen, Al. Yeah. Here's, here's their skill set. Um, and come and meet them, test the chemistry. You know, I, I've heard Jimmy talk about just going out for a drink with, with somebody before yeah. committing to a project or a relationship just to get to know them. And we've, mm-hmm. we, you know, we've pitched that. So we pitched the people. Yeah, we pitch sometimes just our experience. So, like, here's projects we've worked on. 
have a look, peruse, mm-hmm. you know, the portfolio. Um, sometimes it's a pitch, and usually a pitch is against like other agencies, right? So it's yeah. like you're pitching against this agency, blah, blah, blah. Um, sometimes it might just be cost. You know, your cost came in at this, their cost came in at that. And it's not always the cheapest. Sometimes you might actually get pitched because you, you picked because your costs are higher and they value the work more. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no point just undercutting, well, I'm the cheapest. It's like when well, nobody wants to buy the cheapest, you know what I mean? No one, mm-hmm. no one wants to buy the cheapest sports car. Yeah. Um, all the way through to pitching some strategy, some thinking, pitching some research and insights. It could just be, you know, we've we've looked into the problem We've identified some challenges. If you want to pay us and hire us, we'll solve it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is a healthy pitch for me because you're going like, I understand what you want. You know, Brett, I understand this is what you want building. I'm not going to build it for you for free, but here, here's my thought process. Yeah. Right up to completely fucking doing the whole project and then pitching against other agencies. And if you get picked, you get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just yeah. Yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, but that is the norm. And, you know, there's, there's memes and jokes about it where you, you know, try doing that in any other industry, you know, going into a restaurant and going like, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to go around these five other restaurants and eat meals in all of them. And if yours is the nicest, I'm going to pay you. (laughs) (laughs) You'd get, you'd rightly get told to fuck off. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, the scope is, is huge on a pitch from what I do. Um, And I hate all of it because it's, it just devalues the work. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's, if it's quite a a pitch thing, but, um, but when I was in the, uh, the workshop the other day for the, the forges open day thing, um, I was talking to a couple of people there and I was talking to guy that I've spoken about before, whose name completely escapes me. I was just trying to find him on the interwebs. Um, and I can't, um, but he's a, uh, very, very good blacksmith who's done loads of work he was part of the like the initial setup of baba and all of that um and i was talking to him and he was talking about when he um has clients come to him for work i mean he he's kind of not the sort of person that generally has to pitch to get work it's more people coming to him and saying can you make this um and when he goes to him with a design he goes with a single design doesn't go along and say, here's all the different options. <laughs> it's just, this is like, from what you've said you wanted, this is what, I, this is my interpretation of it. Yeah. Um, which I think is a really uh, good way of doing it because it shows, um, it shows confidence in what you're doing mm-hmm. um, and confidence in that particular design. But it also, as he put it, kind of like it removes the tendency for the, the client to go, well, can I have that element from this one? But this, element from that one and then Mm -hmm. mix it in with this other thing as well um which it's that whole like the fucking car that homer makes in the simpsons like like awesome yeah yeah amazing um but yeah it it keeps the design kind of uh sleek and true to to the actual design rather than just being a mismatch of of a bunch of different elements that they're going oh i really like that oh i really like that without thinking about how they actually fit together I think this is why I wanted to have this topic uh, up for discussion, because even in this last five minutes, you guys have talked about 15 different ways that a pitch goes. (laughs) And I mean, what are clients meant to expect, right? Or in 
in this world that we all live in where it's maybe a one-off job every now and then, or maybe you, you meet a friend of a friend, like I'm dealing with this bar thing. He's a friend of a friend. Yeah. And although I can make the individual aspects that we've been talking about, it's like, yeah, I could do that. And I could do that. Yeah. Oh, but now there's 15 things. Can I do all of that myself? No. And he's not picky. The client is not picky. So I can basically throw out what I think and do that one shot. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Keep things simple. But he's not a maker. He's not a designer. He owns and operates a bar and he has a very minimal staff. So the idea that you're able to have different interpretations or different clients that are going to ask for different things. Are you up against other people in this pitch? Like Al's saying, yeah. do you have to do 99% of the work and then throw it out there hoping that someone buys it or that you came in lower budget or higher quality, whatever. All of these variables is what I think steers people away from even doing pitches. Yeah. Or, you know, the people that they get frustrated because they're like, I don't know, my work's not selling. I keep making all this stuff, but it's not selling or I, I have a hard time branding myself or putting a booth up and making it look nice. Even designing that little space for yourself where you're effectively the client. What's the pitch? How much are you going to spend on it? How much yeah. does a booth cost at a market? 200 bucks? Okay. Do you want to put $1,000 into making it look nice and like building your own walls to bring and deliver on site? Or do you keep it minimal? When you, when you put yourself in your client, your ideal client's shoes, what are you trying to pitch outwards? But this, everything that you guys are saying, where it's 15 different ways that a client may or may not react or ask for the miss, mix and match thing, Steve, is what always got us into trouble. Mm. You'd be like, oh, yeah. can you use green on this one? And you're like, no, because green's not in this. Yeah. We didn't want green in this design. And now you're asking for it. It's going to look like shit. Now you're asking for it. Yeah. <laughs> and but I think like the way that you uh, kind of said that, I think that that instantly clicked in my head when you were talking about the the market and like how you um, how you present the stand. Like that's that's one of the things that I I feel quite strongly about is that that is your pitch. Like your if you've got a, a stall at a market, if you've just got a fucking picnic table with a white cloth draped over it and your shit just spread everywhere. That, that's your pitch and you're making um it shows the amount of effort you're making in, in that presentation whereas if you you know you custom build some stands you have a a cloth that's got a, a related pattern on it or has your logo on or whatever like mm -hmm. the more effort you put into that the the better that pitch is to the person just passing by the same with like a website or something like that like if you because like, at the moment I'm thinking about the fact that shit, I actually, I kind of need to, I'm at the point where I need to have a website so I can have somewhere I can direct people to go. Cause at the moment I've just got a link tree. Um, and, uh, and I have to think about like, well, what do I want to show in that? How do I want it to come across? How do I want it to appear? What do I, what's my end goal with the website? And I think that's to me, that's why, what you have to kind of think about with the pitch. Like you said, you're, you, you're, not only does your target audience dictate your pitch, but your pitch dictates your target audience. So how you present yourself is uh, like is going to affect the the people that come to you for whatever it is you're putting out there. Um, yeah, it's funny you talk about that. Liz over the road, um, she actually came to make a central last year. Oh, nice. And, yeah, um, she wanted to do blacksmithing, Steve, but she was too scared to come and talk to you. Um, <laughs> and he kept 
this weekend she actually had her first pitch at a craft fair and she'd got she's got on one of those metal bending sets steve you know the ones that mount on the table and you can, oh yeah, yeah yeah so she got the three-piece set from maker central and she's made a load of great stuff like animals and and you know ornamental stuff yeah um and she was stressing about the pitch and how to dress the table and like business cards and all this stuff and she's like alex can you finish my logo can you can you do this i need it i need it for saturday yeah, yeah. like no you don't you've got all this great stuff yeah you've made all this great stuff that's your pitch do you know what i mean you don't need yeah. the bells and whistles like yeah when you you get your instagram going and people recognize your logo and things like that and you, you, the name of your brand that's fine but for your first fucking stand just show show your work off and she, yeah, yeah. she sold out and she was getting commissions she's never done it before you know one that's day, awesome yeah it's fantastic so the pitch doesn't have to be about necessarily selling yourself and selling yeah. the the fucking the the ideal and the dream yeah it can be as simple as face value like brett just going in going here's an anchor i've made before yeah you like it right i'll make you something like this <laughs> <laughs> you know pitch over yeah. yeah that's really difficult though and i understand where people can get caught up uh, when it's maybe their first few times or, or when they're kind of new at it, where do you need to over deliver a little bit so that you can secure the work yeah. or the job? So unlike Al, where your design team might put together 95% of a branding package or something for somebody and then get outbid, you know, somebody, somebody else might get the gig and you've done all this work and you kind of have to scrap it. Now you've said that you've taken things, assets from the past that you guys have created and then like reintegrated them in to cut down on, on time and stuff in the future. I like that. But putting that into somebody who's kind of new at it and going, hey, do as much as you feel like you need to. Let the work sell itself or let yeah, you don't have yeah. to oversell yourself. Yeah. And having that confidence to say, here's what I do. I am capable of doing some things maybe out of scope or that you can't see in front of you. Like you make, you're a, turning bowls and then somebody goes, Oh, can you make me a cutting board? And you're like, probably it's not a ton different, but I don't have any cutting boards here. I bet I could make one. It's the and same thing. The you just don't turn it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's actually easier. <laughs> um, but I, this, this pitch that I've been developing uh, I even had a talk with because Alex is working on it with me. Uh, he's Alex's good buddy. So uh, I sent the rough draft to him yesterday. And he was like, this is great. And I was like, are you sure there doesn't need to be more uh, like visualization for him? Because I just did some like generic yeah. uh, verbiage and aesthetic descriptions and, and like a bird's eye view of the the bar itself just to show where things would move around and what will change. And he's like, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, anything you're going to talk to him about, you can just detail in a discussion. Like, well, but what if I didn't know this guy? Because I actually have met him before, you know. Um, and because he's a friend of Alex's, I get a little bit of a foot in the door just because of that. But yeah. if it was a new person saying like, oh, we really like your forged work and you build all kinds of different shit, what could you do? I feel like I would have to over deliver just a little bit to go, mm -hmm. well, I haven't built a fucking bar table ever, but can I show them something that I've done mm -hmm. that's close to that? Or, you know, how do I, how do I balance my own time in the pitch? Because you don't want to spend 60 hours on a pitch. That's not going to get accepted. 
then it's just draining. Go on. Or <laughs> um, you use that as your time to experiment and your time to 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 come up with products. So, like for instance, um, I made the fire pit for one of my colleagues a few years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, never made one before. I've made a fire pit before, but I used that as a way to learn the techniques and to develop a shape. And I made like a card mock-up one first as, yeah. as the kind of pitch to go, is this kind of what you're after? Do you want me to go ahead and buy the materials and build this thing and, and bill you? You know, so that 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 pitch was a kind of a, it was beneficial for me. Yeah. I, I wasn't going out of my way to do that. And I think I think a lot of artists do this as well. So they will use their creativity and their sort of fuck around Friday, Steve, as you'd call them as a pitch. Cause then they can put that work out there. Yeah. Go, here's the kind of thing I can do. And that is how they will get work through, you know, stuff that they've actually enjoyed doing or they've learned from, or they've got new techniques. Um, and I think in the maker world, if you separate out from the sort of branding world that I'm in, the maker world is a great place to do that. And you can go, Hey guys, I've tried this new product. It's all, it's almost like an open pitch to anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's an anonymous pitch. You're not pitch, pitching to a specific person. You're pitching to the world and going, "Is this something you, you're interested in?" And you can get very quickly. Fuck yes, I'll order ten. You know, yeah. give me one of them. Uh, are these for sale? <laughs> you yeah. know, which um, I'm assuming you guys get a lot. Um, and it's a really yeah. I think that's a a healthy flip on the yeah. the kind of pitching for free. Yeah, I mean, it's that whole thing of, um, like, if you're, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're, uh, like, so again, for me, like, those, those kind of experimental ones, those fuck-arounds are, yeah, like, so it, it, it's an open pitch. It's me going, like, I just made these things, just as a bit of fun. Yeah. And just putting that, I mean, Instagram is a perfect tool for it, putting that out there and then getting the reaction of, like, oh, fuck, are these for sale? Or when you start making these, can I buy one sort of thing? Because mm-hmm. um, I did that when, when I did the um, the prototype bottle opener the other day and put it, I put a photo of like the original and then the one using the jig. I put that on Instagram. And from that, I had a bunch of people being like, I would genuinely be interested in buying that, um, which was enough for me to go, right, okay, I need to actually do that. Um, and so I think that kind of, uh, that open general pitch is a good idea, although I'm not, I'm not sure if, uh, like like Brett's saying, if you've got a client that wants a specific thing, um, whether that is a good time to do that kind of. If if they want a specific thing, yeah, do you want to do it? Well, yeah, this is true. Sh- surely, the work you guys do is your take on somebody's challenge, not yeah, right. Oh, I've designed well, this goes, thing. Yeah, <laughs> it goes back. Can you make it yeah. for me? Yeah. <laughs> goes back to what you were saying there towards the beginning Al, where it's it's the um they present a challenge right they present some type of question and then your job is to answer it so what happens when you get somebody that doesn't even have a question or their question is so open-ended that it's difficult to this is where i'm talking about the skill aspect of putting a pitch together if somebody comes to you that has no design sensibility no real idea of what they want other than maybe a couple of Google images of like, ah, I saw this thing. Can you make this? And you go, no, those are mass produced and ridiculous. But 
what what type of skill does it take to to interpret what's in your head if you don't have an immediate visual right steve's like the guy asked for a harpoon well yeah you can look up a harpoon but steve's never made one before that i know of and although i think he's completely capable of it what if the client was like well but i really want this detail on the handle this carved wood detail on the handle let me see something that you've done carved wood wise and steve goes are you able to sketch something up do you need to take that into a design program or can you just talk it out? Are you, are you uh, confident enough to be able to just go, yes, I can do that. Yeah. You that was a question. Enough? Oh, I, I, sorry. I didn't know that. I thought that was a, like a rhetorical. No, question. I'm speaking to you as somebody who <laughs> doesn't do a lot of these, Steve is like, what would you do if, if you really wanted to do a gig and there was one aspect of it that you're like, mm, I don't have any previous work of that. I don't really know what to show you, but. I do think I'm capable. How do you translate I, to them? Uh, I would just bullshit my way through it. hundred <laughs> percent. I just like, yeah, your honesty. No, I, of course I can do that. I can definitely do that. I mean, that's, that's what I've done with pretty much everything I've ever done for the first time. I've just gone, yeah, sure. I can do that. And then gone, fuck, how do I do it? I mean, that's what I did with the, the top hat thing. Like I'd never made one of those before. I'll figure it out. And I did. And it, yeah, I quite like the way it, it turned out. Um, same with that, uh, the knife board thing, like the spinning knife board thing. Like I'd never done anything like that. But I was like, fuck it. I'll figure it out on the way. Um, and in terms of selling it, like there's, there's two ways you can look at it. You can either go, you can either actually lie and say like, oh yeah, I've done that loads of times. Of course. I, I, definitely I know I have to ride a horse for this movie role. Yeah, exactly. Like it's easy. Or you can just be honest and go, I'll tell you what, I've never actually done that before, but I've always wanted to give it a go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll probably do a few practice ones first, but yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Because um, I've, I've had the same thing about doing like firework and engraving on um, some axes and things like that. I'm like, I would love to give it a go, but I'm not in a position. Like, if I, if I genuinely felt that I couldn't do it, then I'd say I'd love to give it a go, but I am not in a position to do that. But I can do it in a slightly different way. I can use a a Dremel in- engrave it like that rather than doing a hand engraving or whatever. Like mm-hmm. maybe offer an alternative or a different way of doing it. Like with the the harpoon, I've said that because of the fact that I'm not going to be using solid fuel for doing it and my forge at the moment will not get up to temperature to do forge welding, I'm like, do you mind if I actually just MIG weld some of it? And no, no problem at all because he trusts my process sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's not looking for something that's that's uh, like completely authentic and made of wrought iron and all of that. He just wants mm-hmm. something that looks cool. So yeah, it's fine. Well, that you bring up a really good uh, a analogy, or between the two of you, did it's like a pitch when an actor or actress has to come up and do table reads when they're first starting, and then at a certain point, there are plenty of people that are just like, "Yeah, I don't do that anymore." You either call me because of what I've done in the past or you just don't call me at all. Yeah. And there are still, I've seen different videos and stuff like that of people going, oh yeah, I still had to read for this part, which I, you know, not no ego attached, but I didn't think I had to do that anymore. And that was the achievement is that they didn't have to do script reads anymore for these directors. And then there are other people who are like, no, that's my fucking jam. I want to go in and show them that I can deliver in person on the spot yeah. surely you're just self pigeonholing yourself 
if that's the case. Like, they know I'm the fat Italian guy. Like, why do I need to come yeah. and read for this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I do the same fucking role the entire life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think this is part of that skill development that, uh, again, it's been a while since I've had to put one of these together. But the idea that I'm able to come in and go, yeah, yeah, I've done this before. I've also got more skills since the last time I've done this. Yeah. I can I can produce better, but I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of uh, previous portfolio or experience or whatever. So although the guy's able to look at my YouTube channel and know that I can build shit, mm. it doesn't necessarily say, oh, yeah, I've done 15 of these bar renos before. I know what budgets are. I know your local contractors and codes and stores. I got this all in the bag. Like, I can't do that. I would love to get to that point where I really just know enough about what I'm capable of doing to be able to accept jobs like this, to make side hustle money, continue working on the sculptural stuff and getting better at blacksmithing and, and metal work and things like that. But in yeah. the meantime, I need to be able to pitch. And that means me doing table reads. Like I'm still yeah. going to do table reads because everybody that asked me to make them an anchor, like Al's thing, is like, yeah, I have made one of those. I can show you that. Do you want the one that you saw in the video? I don't want to have to come and present one to you at this point. So in that capacity, I kind of don't want to have to do the script read anymore. But I'm willing to do it for the other stuff. Well, you brought up an interesting perspective, and that's from the other side of the pitch, right? Yeah. Because the that role is not about the actor. That role is about what the director wants. Mm-hmm. To play that character, so, so are you going to steal my fucking point? No, but make a better version of it. So if it... <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I read I written I re- down and everything. I read the fucking reflection of the post-it note <laughs> off the fish scale in the mirror in the back in the bathroom, um, and I'm just thinking about something like uh, Make a Central or like uh, Make a Fair. We had we had to pitch for the pitch. We had to yeah. write in about what we were going to do, and because from their point of view. They don't want 500 of the same stuff. Well, they did because it was Maker Fair, so it was all 3D printing. <laughs> but they don't, they don't want everybody doing the same thing. Or they yeah. don't want things which, from their perspective, will be boring or dangerous. You know, So like, even just to think, actually, it's not all about me and what yeah. I do. It's about the other side of the relationship as well. Like, What do they want? Um, what are they looking for? You know, mm-hmm. Is it budget? Is it timing? Is it materials? Is it mm-hmm. delivery and you know, final product? Or actually, are they interested in how you go about it? Do they want to learn? Do they want to feature? You know, I, I I reach out to different producers for stuff at work, and I might go with the one who will let me film it. Yeah, because because I want a story to tell. I don't want mm-hmm. the I don't want the perfectly crafted thing or the the cheapest option or the quickest option. I want the one where the guy goes, "Yeah, come and come and join in, and we'll we'll do it collaboratively." So the, yeah, so the pitch is just as important on the other side. Yeah, I mean, because like the the thing that I had written down was when Bert was talking about. Uh, like the mood boards and shit like that. Like to use the tattooist analogy, like if I'm going to get a tattoo, then they're not sending me a tattooist. Mood. Love it when you give them your input onto onto what's yeah. tattoo. By the way, it's their but, favorite no, thing. Well, no, as in like they're they're not sending me a bunch of different ideas and sketches and things like that. Like they go right. What what is it you actually want tattooed? Give me some examples. And so you create the, the the Pinterest board for them. Yeah. The same as like um some uh illustrators that I've worked with in the past and things like that. And like when I've had people coming to me about making stuff, it's been more a case of like, send me a bunch of ideas for what you have in mind 
and I'll make something based off of that. Like I'm not, um, I'm not trying to sell you on this product or whatever. Like you need, you, you know that you want me to make this thing for you. So tell me what sort of style, how you want it done and all of that. And I will tweak that to the way that I work and to, to my kind of style of stuff. And I'll do the best I can with both of those. And that's, that's when a great pitch needs a great challenge. Yeah. And because a great challenge is spiffing. Have you got an order? It's Azab. Azab, which means you are first. Correct. Just in case anyone stole my spiff. It was a selfish. Uh, <laughs> um, so Caleb Craft, who I think maybe is in the Facebook group, maybe not, but he often skirts around the the exteriors of the maker community. He was the editor and saviour of Make Magazine when it went Oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he has a novel out, fiction, um, and it's uh, fantasy, horror, drama. So I'm assuming up everyone's uh, collective streets in this in this uh, audience. Um, it's called Dreaming in the Roots, and it's available Ooh. on Amazon in physical IRL book form uh, and also on Kindle. Um, I don't think there's an audio book yet, but if you want a um, illiterate northerner to narrate your story, <laughs> I'm available for hire. That's my pitch. Um, but yeah, so Dreaming in the Roots by Caleb Craft. Check it out on Amazon. I'm not sure who'd be, in fact, no, I was going to say, I'm not sure who'd be worse, you or me, at doing an audio book. It might um, be perfect, it depends on the character, doesn't it? No, it, it, I can't read. Yeah, but that might fit the character perfectly. Yeah, but I wouldn't know because I wouldn't be able to read out loud. No, I can't freestyle it. Do, you, do it on the night. Fix it in post. Have you, <laughs> have you never seen me try to do the fucking alliteration? <laughs> sure, yes, I have, Steve, every fucking week. Okay, no. <laughs> um, that could shout. Uh, I, I can't say more than that because I've not read the book, so I'm sure it's wonderful. Go check it out. Um, wait, as of that means I'm next. So I am... Uh, I'm going to pull a Brett and I'm going to spiff someone that sent me something. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't do that every time. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that's what my voice sounds like. I'm so excited. <laughs> that was the best impression ever. Uh, I'm going to uh, give a shout out to a friend of the podcast, uh, Ross Mabel, who is in the Facebook group. He's quite an active member. Um, Camo Customs on Instagram um and just uh, like a nice guy just a a lovely man um yeah he was at maker central uh if you saw a very angry looking man wandering around in a kilt that was him um he's uh although he looks angry and miserable he's actually lovely just go up and give, give him a cuddle give him a nice nice big cuddle maybe give him a whiskey and he'll be your friend forever um but yeah uh it's he sent me some stuff so i'm gonna give him a spiff how it works yep (laughs) uh brett who would you like to spiff well i am going to spiff a book series that was pitched to me by a very recent spiff mr dandles um, 
I remember when I first started doing the videos with Scully and I'm a bunch of people were referencing this Bob character that I had no idea what Bob was from. Bob is a skull inhabited by a wind spirit in the series of the Dresden file books. Oh, and yes. Mr. Daniels gave me a nice pitch on why I might like said books. And I've now finished three of them because long drives <laughs> equal <laughs> long drives equal uh, long listening time. So the really, as far as the audible stuff goes, yeah, the longest one so far has been 11 hours, right? So that's not really that big of a book yeah. considering all the Harry Potter ones are like 30 or 40 hours a piece. Um, it's really, it's a fun story. It is uh, fantasy meets detective noir stories, wizards, werewolves, vampires, and the like, but it's Chicago detective dealing with all of it so if you've never heard it heard of it read it any of that stuff like me i missed the boat on it they've been out for a long time and i don't know yeah. if they're currently still being written but i got still four or five books ahead of me in this series and it's been really enjoyable to listen to and very engaging at four o'clock in the morning when i'm like uh, do i need to go to sleep or not And i'm like no because the next chapter we're gonna find out what happens <laughs> so Dresden Files is what you can search. I'll put the link to the first book in the show notes. Um, but they all have specific titles and names. They're just colloquially, I think, the Dresden Files. Yeah. I, I uh, weirdly enough, had someone recommend them to me years ago. So I think they've been around for a while. Yeah. Um, and I think I bought the first book but never actually read it. Um, so yeah. on that recommendation, I'm going to uh, use, use up a audible credit and give it a go okay just a heads up the first narrator for the first book is different than the narrator uh going forward because book two three has been james marsders which yeah. if you are a joss whedon or buffy fan yeah he was spike and he does a great job he's so good awesome but they were um, in my amazon real irl book wish list but I never pulled the trigger. But I like Steve have loads of audible credits, so I'm gonna. I've got one. I'm gonna line them up. Oh, have you not? I've got like eight. Do you want one? I know. Yeah, so do I. Hand it to me. I'll, I'll gift you some, dude. Um, Wait, can you do that? Yeah. Can you? Shit. Yeah. All right. Oh, Steve, nice. we'll get you loaded up. Um. Yes. Uh, also, speaking of uh, book series that are quite good, I just whilst we were talking about it, I thought I'd quickly check the status of the status of things on uh dennessy taylor's website and the update is the same it's been for the last fucking four months yeah uh so yeah book five is being worked on but there's there's no date i recommended uh i was reviewing the student uh answer to the brief we set earlier this year about yes. um the, the terrible apocalyptic futures and how design can solve it and i recommended uh, a beautifully foolish endeavor nice as, as reading material because somebody yes. was doing this metaverse thing yeah it's a damn fine book it is um right uh so is it's a book heavy episode I like it oh yeah it's still my favorite jingle that book's one good, good damn good jingle books. at least um, we fucking did it anyway yeah <laughs> uh is there any other business from either of you? Do we put emaily funness in yes. this? Uh, I, 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 or is I that after A or B? 
Yeah, I was going to go okay. after AOB. Although I suppose I should like. Basically, my plan was to say, "Is there any other business?" Let you go. Oh, there was something, but I can't remember where it is. Oh, and then I was going to do the email, so you'd be able to think about it. And then at the end of the emails, come back to AOB because you'd be like, "Oh, remember the thing." Um, and now I've had to explain that. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've ruined the illusion. Everyone knows we're disorganised now. Uh, so yeah, we've had a few emails. Um, we had one from Keith Williamson. Uh, who said some very lovely things and he said about the uh the last episode which i think wasn't the last episode but maybe the one before that i don't know um but the conversation had me thinking is there a way to use tools of scale creative creating processes looking for efficiencies etc in service of create creativity or do you think these forces always are always destined to be in opposition to each other if we can use the tools of scale in service of furthering creativity, what does it look like? I'd be interested in hearing what you all think about it. Uh, and reading that out goes as proof that I would make a terrible narrator. For anybody that hasn't seen the first show, they're just very confused right now. Um, which, yeah, is actually, I think that is a really interesting um, topic of conversation. And we should maybe think about doing that as a shopping uh in the very near future um so keith thank you for that that was wonderful um and then there was alan uh who sent say no more <laughs> said, alan, alan, don't listen to steve i love them all <laughs> they, the two first of them are very good uh but alan sent a very large list of dad jokes um <laughs> which uh i'm only going to read one out and the rest i think we can just put in the fools with tools group on facebook because there's some there are some good ones in there but uh my favorite one at least my favorite one on the list of that's on the screenshot is uh my nan used to say take everything with a pinch of salt lovely lady made terrible tea though <laughs> it's really oh. funny uh and then we had another one, another terrible joke from uh, Tim from Turdworks. Turdworks, sorry. The thing about that Nan joke, right? My mum made a trifle once and she got mixed up with the MSG in the cupboard instead of the sugar. <laughs> and her granddaughter said, Nan, your, uh, your trifle is a little bit weird tasting. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it was. Okay, now, I really hope no one will see that as well. Um, yeah, what do you call him uh, from Tim? Uh, what do you call a man with no shins? Tony. Boo. Yeah. Surely that would be no ankles as well. Off like, feet. Yeah. <laughs> no metacarpals. What do you call a man yeah. with no metacarpal? <laughs> metatarsals. Uh, right. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's it for emails. Might, might uh, go up. If um, if you want to send us some frankly awful jokes, uh, or if you have something more substantial to say, then we're well, not against jokes. But can you just send one joke? Yeah, not you can send a, a joke. One yeah. joke is the yeah. limit. We're going for quality over yeah. quantity here. Yeah. No offense, obviously, if you listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, if you want to, then the email is hello at fwtpodcast.com. and if you want to find us. You can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett 
at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Ah, I hope I get the Sack Shack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you want to find us as a group, then FWTPodcast.com or FWTPodcast on Instagram. And obviously email again to FWTPodcast.com. I think that's it. Is that it? I'm assuming you didn't have any any other AOB in the end. A A A O B A O B. I can't words. So until next week, we love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. I'm out. <laughs>